sure that it's still recording? Yeah, it is still recording. Um, I didn't, I didn't press any buttons. Uh, if you can see on the outline, if you turn your attention there, let me, let me share it again. Or sorry, I don't think I even sent it. Let me share this. Um, you can see that the number one order of business is to make sure that the mic is recording. Do you want to be Brianna for this one? Oh, we might want to, yeah, because we got a Re and a Bree, so it'll make it difficult. Yeah, we can just go with Brianna. I'm not going to call or you Brianna. Or you the Destroyer. I mean, that's an option. Slagathor. Yeah. Um, okay, actually, this, well, that's a, that's not, this is not even related, but, like, I feel like I'm maybe one of, like, four or five people that calls you Bree. I feel like you introduced yourself to everyone else as Brianna. <laughs> I do, but then the second meeting, everyone calls me Bree, and so I've just done that my entire life. Where I'm yeah. like, I'm Brianna. You know my full name, but I expect you to call me Bree. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so everyone just well, enunciate. Uh, yeah. Just just to change things up, I will call you Gouda. Okay. Mm. Um, can Okay, I want everyone to kind of do some vocal exercises here so we can sort of, like, loosen up. Uh, so everyone just kind of, like... Bah, bah, bah. Do some sounds. Oh wow! Okay, actually, I think we're okay now. Um, I think you took care of it for all of us. So, have we started the episode? Yes, because look around you. You're already inside the podcast. The podcast was inside you all alone. Yeah, um, we've been here forever. It's the problem. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Game Busters, a podcast from GameLuster.com. Uh, my name is Nirav Gandhi, and I'll be your host this evening or morn or afternoon. Uh, I don't know what time it is where you are. Uh, and these are my... I do. Oh, Tim knows. Uh, he's elected not, not to tell me. me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, all right, so uh, these are my co-hosts. I'm Ryu. Uh, I'm here to... Uh, vaguely, but helpfully disrupt things. Okay. Hi, I'm Brianna, and I'm here to offer far too much information about Dragon Age Inquisition. And Is there such a I'm... thing? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Ray, and I'm going to try and stay on topic about Dragon Age Inquisition, but probably just cry about how much I love Dragon Age Origins. We're going to have That's sort fair. of a, a fight, I think. Uh, <laughs> it'll be sort of like the older generation versus the newer generation. <laughs> um, I'm a, I'm a we'll to that we will never Okay. All right. All right. I've I've already lost control of this. Um, <laughs> all right. So. It. Yeah. Okay. Listen to me. Uh, our first uh, segment. We're gonna go back to the Hall of Fame luster, um, which is a name I'm still not happy about, but I believe is locked in now. Um, this week, we're going to uh, nom- each of us are going to nominate uh, an, an something for coolest final boss. And the operating word here is coolest. Like, the situation itself was very cool. It doesn't need to be the most well-made or the hardest or, like, uh, anything like that. So uh, we're each going to get just, like, a little bit of time to go around and say our things. And then we'll each get, like, a rebuttal on, like, why we're actually the coolest. Um, so I'll, I'll just, like, get us going with mine. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna say red from Pokemon Gold and Silver was the coolest thing that like ever happened to me, and just put in the context of like being a kid having played the first game and then finding out there was a sequel, getting the sequel, it being like so astronomically better than the first one, and then like going back to the region where you played the first game three years later, and like time has like changed it and progressed it, 
And then, at the end of it all, you have to fight your character from the first game at the maximum of, at, like, the height of their power. Is, like, maybe the coolest setup for anything just ever. I, I, I just, like... I, I still, like, harken back to that as, like, one of my favorite, like, boss battles of all time. And I was, like, when I was, like, seven or something, you know? It's it's ridiculous. But um, I'm, I'm going to go with that because it just, like, makes you feel, like, so cool. It makes you feel like a Pokemon trainer. It is a shame that the the, the balance curve in the, the second region in Gen 2 is just so all it is weird. It is weird. I'll, well, I mean, I'll it was it was literally a last minute addition because Satoru Iwata managed to figure out how to compress the game enough that they could actually add it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like um, a last minute thing. Um, yeah. So that it existed at all was amazing. I just you know. Yeah, yeah. That's if fair. If it had like another week or so, maybe they would have been able to. Yeah. I often think about that with Sword and Shield. Okay. Um. Uh. Let's see. Uh. Who's next? Uh. Tim, you seem to be doing some talking. Hit me with yours. All right. So, mine is similar in that uh, it's also you, but it's you from the same game. Okay. So, in Breath of Fire 4, uh, this, uh, the basic idea is that you play as two characters. These two characters are the same entity split into two bodies and mind. Uh, because they came originally from a higher plane of existence. At the very end of the game, uh, I'm not going to say anything about why you can do this, but you can choose to either join or fight your other half and if you choose to join your other half you get to be the final boss also you get to fight yourself and the other path too but you get to be the final boss and slaughter your old party members slaughtering old and party is members just, is interesting yeah oh, blimey, that does sound pretty hardcore it's very hardcore either way you are fighting for dominance of uh, who gets to be in control of the body when you finally actually merge. But yeah, you are uh, you are the final boss either way. Oh, damn. Oh, nice. Okay, uh, Ree, what you got? Okay, so this isn't helping my status as like the podcast boomer here, but I am going to go with um, the master in the original Fallout. Wow. Um, I'm not sure, I mean, I'm not sure... Um, how much knowledge you guys have of uh, classic Fallout? A but lot. to me, that is <laughs> it's so good. Honestly, um, I don't want to spoil too much because it is just one of those bosses that I feel like people should experience for themselves. But it's just how the how I mean, one, how many ways you can go about it. Like you can go for the like defeating him in physical combat, um, ignore him completely, and yeah. probably not even realize he's there by blowing up the base he's in, or challenge his ideology yeah the maximum intelligence one is the best one honestly by far it's just and also the amount of work you have to do prior to that conversation to even have the right options to convince him he's wrong and how you can't convince him he's wrong on like a moral ground you have to talk about it from like a logical point of view like i suppose to not spoil too too much um his plan is to basically turn the whole of the wasteland into super mutants and your job is to either is to stop that any way possible and managing to talk him down from that. Um, and also the voice work um, for a 1997 game is just phenomenal in it. He has like three voice actors. Um, oh yeah, no, the, the three voice actors working in discordant like, unity yeah. is amazing. Honestly, it's, just, it's so atmospheric as well. It really sums up the tone of the game. Um, yeah, and the... Yeah, it's it's the best in best boss battle in the series. 
and probably one of my best boys. And cool as well. It is just cool to feel like, damn, you know, like I've like talked down this guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's true. But isn't I, and... the true final battle uh, keeping the dog meat alive uh, against the security lasers? lasers? Alright, now that is cool, yeah. because, like, I've never managed that one. One, one thing about that uh, about the Master from Fallout is that, like, I, I think that we, we take that kind of thing for granted nowadays with so many, like, choice-based RPGs, but, like, back in 1997, that was, like, maybe the first time somebody realized they could, like, talk the final boss down instead of, like, engaging in combat. Like, there was a, such a new idea at the time. Um, Honestly, I, yeah, and there's just so many ways you can mess up the conversation. There's so many ways you could probably not even realize he's there. It's just insane. It's so cool the amount of effort they put into yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it was interesting. Like, uh, it's not the first game, obviously, because there's point and click adventure games. But it, you know, it was the first like more traditional RPG. I think I don't even. Maybe one of the other wizardries did it, but it, but you could, yeah, literally, it was an action, you know, combat oriented RPG with the option to do things diplomatically. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, very cool. Bree, what you got? Oof, okay. So, I think one of the coolest boss fights I've ever experienced, and I think this, this is probably why you brought me on to the Dragon Age podcast, is Dragon Age Origins' final boss fight with the Archdemon. I mean, I think any boss fight with a dragon is automatically top ten. Dragons trump all. But, uh, yeah, when you battle an archdemon, it's really cool because, um, you know, you're essentially fighting, like, this 200-year war, and you can end it by, like, killing this giant archdemon god in the body of this, like, being. And, but the consequence is whoever kills an archdemon with the final blow dies because they take in the soul of that dragon. So you think kind of Skyrim style, where if you kill a dragon, you take on the soul. But oh. instead of getting stronger, you just die. Oh, so the, the opposite, I guess. And so it's the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it has it, a consequence. You call it a dragonborn to do it because they can handle it. They've got the, the you know the stomach for it. Exactly. It gives it's everybody else dragon. literally explosive indigestion. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah. No, I uh, I remember like just experiencing that. Um, and it was also, I started playing Dragon Age when I was very, very new to console gaming. I was never allowed to play consoles when I was a kid. So I started when, when I started, uh, when I ended my first year of college, I start, I got my first Xbox and started gaming. And Dragon Age was one of my first games I had ever played. So okay. quite nice. the experience on me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the final boss in Origins is just so cool. Because not only because you're taking down the arc team, but because, like... You can see the consequence for your actions. Like everyone's coming together finally. It's like super satisfying, and then it's sort of taken away from you at the end because, like, depending on your choices, someone dies. You know, so yeah, it's a very cool final boss. Absolutely, yeah. I love having consequences in games. I think it makes it so much more impactful. Nice. Okay, so uh, we're gonna do our votes. Um, everyone, uh, climb into the private voting booth, and now please loudly <laughs> announce to me what you're gonna vote for. <laughs> Um, okay, so we'll, we'll just like go around. So Bree, who are you get you get two votes basically, and you don't you don't have to vote for yourself or anything, but just uh, where are your votes going? Mm. So my votes are. I mean, I mean, I gotta vote for mine first of all, just because I love it. Okay. But my second vote, of course, is gonna go to Fallout Final Boss. I am obsessed hey. with that series as well. <laughs> okay. 
Nice. Uh, all right, Tim, what you got? Uh, hmm. I'm also going to go with the master, but uh, I, I do want to vote for myself this time because just the, the concept is, is great. You are the final boss. Also, you're a dragon. So, you know, the archdemon, mm. uh, all, all dragons are tops. You know, you're a dragon fighting the dragon. You're mm. in human form, but you're a dragon. Did you say all dragons are tops? However, if you want to get into fetish, that's uh, King Cluster. Everyone, please check out <laughs> reddit.com slash r slash dragons fucking cars for more on that. <laughs> um, okay, and then, uh, Ryu, what, what are you thinking? Oh, God, how do you follow up from that? Um, okay, I'm definitely voting from um, my, myself as well, or uh-huh. the master. Um, but also got a vote for um, Fighting Red at the end of um, Pokemon uh, Gold and Silver. Mm. There's such an iconic boss that makes you feel like immensely cool when you beat it. Like, there's just the, the series absolutely peaked there, so I've got to vote for it. Yeah, that's unfortunate, isn't it? Um, okay, <laughs> and so I am actually going to do the same thing. I'm going to throw in one vote for the, the Master and one for, for Pokemon. But yeah, Master actually got a vote from all of us, obviously, is a winner. Um, Welcome, welcome yeah. into the Hall of Fame luster. Uh, it's gonna hurt worse because Todd's not even in this one. Um, he's gonna be very upset. We're acknowledging a non-Bethesda fallout. We've officially destroyed our chances. Yeah. Of acknowledging game luster. We've lost. Yeah, we've we've definitely lost our our Todd sponsorship. Um, it's okay. We just have to. We just have to say the magic word three times. Skyrim, Skyrim, Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, I, did everyone, did everyone see by the way that like that leaked for um the Xbox Series X and PS5. Like, I think it's like on launch day. Skyrim will be on there too. <laughs> Are we uh, really surprised at this? Yeah, point? that's not so much a leak as the yeah, like yeah, like I would be I would be more scared if it wasn't there. Yeah, I know. It's like he, he must have very little faith in the consoles if he's not going to put that on there. So at this point, I'm I'm slightly convinced that Skyrim itself exist to keep the uh, extra-dimensional entity that we've been seeing in the more recent Fallout games sealed away. Huh. <laughs> I like I like how for in in uh, Fallout 76, like, Todd just said, like, fuck it and put, like, dragons in the game and then just, like, it's like, paint over it! Make it look like a bat! And then was just <laughs> like, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> um, it had the exact same yeah. animation. Yeah, it's it's literally like it's literally the same like skin, just like with the new texture, or sorry, like like model, I guess, with the d- different texture on it. Um, it's w- and then like instead of shooting out fire, it has like a sonic burst that looks like fire suspiciously. Yeah. Anyway, uh, doesn't matter. All right, welcome, uh, welcome, Fallout to the the Hall of Fame luster, the most prestigious place I think any game could ever end up. Um, so uh, with that, we're gonna move on to our next segment, uh, Bustums. This is what you guys are here for. We're here to take open a game that you lo- take a game that you love and that that you have stop cradling it. Put it down for a second. Listen to me. You love this game, and if you don't, you're about to, or you might hate it. I don't know what we're gonna say. Uh, a little bit of both. A little of both. What we're gonna do is take this game. We're gonna uh, bust it open with a hammer. Everyone, please bring out the ceremonial hammers you should have all received. Uh, is that the one with the spikes or the jet attachment? The spikes one is for this one. All right. I've got, I've got my PS3 copy of Inquisition here ready to break. Okay. Um, we're going to bust this game open and see what kind of makes it tick and then kind of talk about, like, what would you maybe do differently if you had been there during the design process? What do you think uh, was great? Uh, what do you think that 
maybe and and for this game uh is sort of an interesting thing because it sort of represents the transition from like old bioware to to new bioware and like it's kind of like the halfway mark between that uh being that i believe mass effect 3 was the uh the game i think mass effect 3 was also kind of that similar thing but uh, i think inquisition also like for for fans of of bioware's like earlier rpgs was like a very strange thing because it, it kind of like uh it, it still had a lot of that same stuff but at the same time was like making an obvious attempt to like make it more mainstream um but we want to yeah we'll, we'll talk about it so uh for for the two of you who like spent a lot of time with this series so i'll, I'll start you off with uh, we'll start us off with uh re what do you uh, what, what are your thoughts on Inquisition, like, quality-wise, and then, like, versus maybe the previous games? I have a complicated relationship with Inquisition, because it's one of those games where I can see it's, like, objectively good. Like, it's a well-made game. You can have fun with it. You can play it for loads of hours. But even though I'm, like, a massive Dragon Age fan, I've played all the games multiple times, I've just never been able to really, I suppose, get hooked into it the story, the characters, the gameplay, like, there's just something about it that, it's not like, uh, there's, there's aspects of it I like, and I'll talk about that in a bit, of course, um, when we get into, like, the nitty-gritty of Inquisition. But overall, yeah, I'm not a massive Inquisition fan, has to be said. Okay, um, I do want to actually, that's a good point, I want to throw out, um, before we get started, that, like, uh, first of all, this was a 2014 game, third game in the series. Uh, started with I think I think it was just called Dragon Age Origins, and then Dragon Age Two, and then Inquisition. Um, was the and uh, one thing that was like really interesting about it was that it was like pretty much critically praised, like unanimously across the board. Like very few journals gave it anything less than a perfect score. One game of the year, it was a huge deal. Fan reception was like extremely mixed, and like when I when I say mixed, I don't mean it was negative. I mean it was like very very much mixed. Like half of people like really liked it, and half of people somewhat didn't like it. Um, so it, it's an interesting uh, thing, but it's not like it had like a universal negative response from fans or anything like that. It was definitely more of a mixed situation. But uh, yeah, uh, Bree, what are, what are your thoughts having spent like I think maybe seven or eight years in there in that world? Yeah, probably about right. I'd have to go check my hours list, but for sure. Um, to start with, I played Inquisition before I played any of the other series in the games. So I think that adds to my bias as well, because I started out Dragon Age with this game. And then I went backwards and I uh, took a look at Origins. And then I never played Dragon Age 2, though I watched a playthrough of it. But I think according to fan reception, it wasn't too much of a loss that I never played Dragon Age 2. I think most fans in the <laughs> Dragon Age universe can agree with this. Um, I really am love. I really loved Inquisition. I think it really has its foothold on its DLC, which um, I know a lot of people can disagree with just because you shouldn't have to rely on D- DLC for a game to be good. But I think once you play the DLC, it just adds so much lore and depth to the game that when you go back and play Dragon Age Inquisition again, that's what makes the game so good. Because then you can go back and keep replaying it and replaying it and find so much more Easter eggs and lore and such that you completely looked over the first time you played through. And then when you go through it again, you're like, oh my god, this is actually super important to the entire Dragon Age universe and how is this going to lead to Dragon Age 4? Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm ready to take out my hammer and I guess I guess I'll bust open my Xbox because I have it uh, 
the digital copy of Track and Inquisition. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, for the most part, I really love this game. I find it extremely enjoyable. And I'm a Lord of the Rings nerd, Game of Thrones nerd. So anything with deep lore, I'm absolutely going to enjoy. Nice. Uh, like, yeah, personally, Inquisition is the only game in the series I've, I've played. Um, I've spent... Uh, I want to say I, I did like some of a playthrough on, on PS4 and then some a, a longer one on PC later. Um, I've probably spent a total of like 25, 30 hours on the game, um, which I guess is to say that I didn't make a lot of progress. Um, <laughs> but um, I, got, I got my foothold in the story a lot. Um, but like, yeah, I, I didn't uh, I've, not, I've not like finished the whole thing. Uh, that is definitely one of my like shelved things that I plan to hopefully come back to one day. But um I guess speaking as, like, somebody who, like, I guess didn't get, like, so hooked into it, like, I think the the thing that actually kind of, like, turned me off was that, like, the the beginning of the game is, like, so restrictive for an open world game. Like, mm-hmm. the, they put you oh, in, absolutely. it's called, like, the, the Hinterlands, is that right? Is something you like ha- that? You have to escape the Hinterlands. You yeah, escape the Hinterlands. Um, the, uh... I, I think that one of the um one of the problems is that like it, it kind of like starts off on like a a weird foot. Like the, the opening scene is very cool, obviously, when you like close the breach and you're like, Oh, I'm the chosen one. Oh but like once you get out of that, it's kind of like three hours of like walking in a straight line and then like doing fetch quests before you like actually get to like the good part of the game. You gotta find that man's sheep, you know? Um, and I think that, where's that, um, where's that other city that you go to that looks like, uh, like a fucking Final Fantasy city, like, uh, early on? What am I thinking of? It might be. It's got, like, all the white buildings and, like, the big square and, like, uh... Yeah, and the one. Yeah, like, that, that was very cool. I kind of liked that whole sort of setup, and that, that actually reminds me of The Witcher a lot. Um, but... Um, yeah, Tim, you have, I think you've played a little bit of one of them, right? Or something? Uh, I've played, so I've actually played the original Dragon Age, but I have a friend who is absolutely, uh, like obsessed with the series and played Dragon Age 2 at least three times and probably four or five times through Inquisition and he dated the, uh, or tried to date Solas each time, I think. So, um. (laughs) Wasn't he like the old wizard? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My my friend had a type. Uh, So, um, but yeah, no, I, there was some stuff that looked really interesting. Uh, I don't know if you, I mean, I guess it is technically an open world game, but isn't it like a segmented open world with a lot of different like areas that you can travel between? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's why I think like the game is a bit of an identity crisis because like, as you said, uh, you know, like, you ha- it's very restrictive in the early hours, and then you suddenly get access to like multiple open worlds, um, and that was sort of the beginning of my problem with the game because I don't feel like it needed to be an open world game, or at least it didn't need that many open worlds. Like I would have been happy with just one, I guess, um, because I don't know. I spent hours in these open worlds, especially the hinterlands. And I think the game was at its best when I was in more confined places. Like, Brie, when you were saying like about the DLC, I actually, even though I don't like Inquisition, I really like the DLC. Um, because it sort of keeps you in these smaller places, and they do a lot with the lore, um, and you have like more interesting quests. So yeah, um, that's where I think Inquisition's at its best. Absolutely, I completely agree with that, and you're right. I mean... I would say it either needs to commit to a fully open world game, or does need to restrict itself to 
certain areas just go more in depth. So like Valrio, uh, where you visit in Orlais towards the beginning, is this like really beautiful medieval French looking city. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. You're but right. you can only explore like the main little circle. And you don't go anymore. And that's a place where you're supposed to like see like the main divide between like the elves who are like essentially completely segregated from all the humans. And it's its own city with a lot of with rich history. But you never get to explore any of that. But meanwhile, you can spend 20 hours in the hinterlands, should you so wish, <laughs> running up and down the mountains. Um, and yeah, I think it could, if it really builds up its cities in the games rather than just keeping you in the wilderness areas, it be a lot better than what it was. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think that's a fair point. I've, I've definitely had that feeling with some games before, like, that, like, sort of did a, like, they sort of start, they sort of do an open world, and then, like, it's, like, not really, like, I think, like, Dragon Quest Eleven's like, an example of that, and then, like, um, what was the other one I was thinking of? Uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen is another example of that, where it's, like, Oh, we're gonna like go like try and open world it up a little bit, and then like also like cut you into like small portions of places, and like you can look at things that are far away though. Look at them. Exactly. Uh, like, I want to go over there, and it's like no, no. sorry, you gotta right here. One of the one of the things like I know people love to to shit on Todd and his good works, but like one of the great things about even the like older games like a uh, like Skyrim and uh and and Fallout Three specifically was like. You know, the, the big advertising campaign was, like, if you see something, you can go there. And, like, you absolutely can. Um, even if you have to use a horse to climb 90 degrees up a mountain to do it. <laughs> hey, in uh, previous games, you didn't even need the horse. You had a climb skill. Oh, wow. I, was that, like, an Oblivion? Uh, no, pre-Daggerfall. Um, wow. Uh, uh, but you could, old you, school. Uh, there was a lot you could do in Oblivion. Um, especially once you got your athletic skill up. Uh, you, there was all sorts of nonsense. Uh, they they actually tried uh, to take down the absolute movement bullshit that you had in Daggerfall and, and Morrowind in Oblivion, because one of the things that the later games do, which is achieved, is that in the dungeons, they basically have a particular path you can go through, and then uh, a high ledge that you can safely hop down from as a shortcut out and if you can hop up that ledge somehow then you can just go to the immediate end of the dungeon oh yeah that's that's not that's not different in the later games i mean no. they, they just hide it a little bit more um well, so the, the thing is it, what they they had in uh like daggerfall and and uh, morrowind was there were levitation spells hmm. uh so they got very clever with the actual layout of dungeons and the, and the pathing through them and you know so hmm. So, um, they didn't do that later on. Yeah. So not. Yeah. I don't want to get too off topic here, but I think we can actually pull back into that. Like, I, I want to just ask, like, uh, for both of you. Like, actually, uh, Bri, I know how you have. Uh, Re, have you played Skyrim? Um, I, it's one of those games that I tried to get into, but just couldn't. So, well, that's <laughs> Sorry, great. Like, no, no, please, Todd, forgive me. Um, <laughs> but no, could you? Uh, I'd love to hear what 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 do you think it is about Dragon Age that pulled you in? Where something that would be like probably Skyrim's maybe the most comparable game to it. Like what what do, about Skyrim doesn't grip you that you think Dragon Age like has to offer? Well, that is an interesting point actually because I tried to get into Skyrim after playing Dragon Age, thinking okay, I like fantasy with deep lore, so it should apply, but it just didn't. And I think that's because what I liked about 
origins in particular is because it's not i mean it's not open world really you, you go to different places and the paths are fairly limo- uh, linear but everything's so confined that and also you, you play the whole game in just like one section of one country and because of that they really have to develop the lore in other creative ways like through the companions um through the quests you get through the people you meet in towns and taverns and stuff and i think that's what i was missing in skyrim like it was this gorgeous open world like you have in inquisition like looks gorgeous but um and skyrim wasn't as bad for this but inquisition in particular i'd like be super excited when i found a settlement whether it's like the daedalish elves um but when i was it just didn't have a lot of depth for it depth to it it felt quite static and I sort of was getting the same vibe with Skyrim, not anywhere near as bad as um, Inquisition, but I think what I prefer is like um, a fantasy game that's quite character driven. Like mm-hmm. Origins is completely character driven. Like you have this incredibly small, like ragtag group of people that are sort of just thrown in this situation by chance, and you're, I mean, yeah, okay, the, the, the game is about defeating the Archdemon. But it's almost, it's sort of like how in Game of Thrones, the White Walkers are just used to bring every, all the characters together. In Origins, the whole threat of the Archdemon is used just to bring everyone together and sort of show off all of these like political struggles that happen um, in Origins. And because of that, the game is very character driven, more than lore driven, maybe. With Skyrim, it was just, it was very much the opposite, I felt. Yeah, that, I mean, I think that's fair. Like, one one thing I'm I'm curious about, I guess, is like, um, it. I know some games, like, I mean, I think Fallout's probably the best example of something that started out as like the most hardcore RPG possible and has sort of like become more and more like, I guess, made more accessible by like dumbing down or watering out the RPG aspects. Do you feel like Inquisition did that, or do you would you still call Inquisition like a pretty hardcore RPG? I wouldn't call it a hardcore RPG. I mean, it has... If you're talking in terms of, like, decisions you can make and such, you can make decisions that, yeah, change the course of companions, kill them off, or don't get them killed off. But for the most part, the way the game ends is pretty linear. You know, you can affect the side things, but, I mean, Dragon Age Origins, like, the the Archdemon's still going to die at the end. Mm -hmm. Um example so i think the rpg aspects go into like your companions like how you interact with them how they perceive you and if that's something you care about in a game then yeah it would be a hardcore rpg because that that's the thing that matters to you Mm -hmm. but you don't have a fallout experience of you know i'm playing dragon age i don't have to worry about how much water i'm drinking or food i'm eating because that's not an option in the game yeah Um, so yeah it's character driven in that sense just like reset sure okay yeah i'm i'm I think that's like a interesting point. So what, what do you think, what is it about, um, uh, like, I guess for, I guess both of you honestly, like, what is it about Inquisition that you think like didn't hit with the fans as much as it did in Origins? Like why were people less, uh, less excited about it? Like, I don't think there's a lot of outward hatred for it, but I think people were just like, said like, oh, I was disappointed. I think it depends on, how you feel about the characters. Like, I know some people who are, like, obsessed with Solus or Cullen. Um, and if you love those characters, then, like, you're in for a treat because, like, there's just so much content to do with them. But if you... 
don't hit it off of those characters and i feel like there isn't like a, i mean maybe people disagree with this there isn't like a whole lot for you whereas in origins um like you know if you love alistair you can spend the whole game talking to him if you find him really whiny and annoying you can just like i mean the, uh, he is quite important to the plot later on but you can largely ignore him and because i just wasn't like my i mean the person that i romance is blackwall and he has like two romance scenes i swear so i felt like it was more like geared towards like you being with certain people which personally didn't work for me i also think the shift to open world probably alienated a few fans who are used to the more confined origins and very confined dragon age 2 where you're literally just in one city um and i think that came as a bit of a shock to people and maybe people wish that they did a bit more with um the open world and also um, the fact that the Mage Templar War lasts about five minutes in Inquisition. Yeah, absolutely. When I started the game and I heard about a Templar Mage War, I was like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. And then I'm like, oh, it's over. <laughs> oh, I solved it. I, I created World Peace. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, I think... Uh, so I, I'm curious about sort of tying this in. Have, have any of y'all played Mass Effect? Yes. So I have not. yeah, so Tim, let me defer to you on this one. So, um, have you have you touched Andromeda by the way, or at least no. like looked at it? Uh, okay, no. so I'm well yeah. right. So I guess that's kind of what I when I get to. So like the last game Bioware made. Um, so obviously at this point EA has already uh, invaded Bioware. I guess for lack of a better word, um, <laughs> when Inquisition comes out. Uh, the last game that uh, they made before that was Mass Effect 3, which uh, like a great example of mixed reactions uh, kind of a game. But um, then Inquisition comes out and kind of the same thing. And then the next game they make is uh, Mass Effect Andromeda and then followed by Anthem. And so I'm, I'm curious, like I, I kind of look at this as sort of like a tipping point. Like what is it about like the old Bioware RPGs, like specifically like Mass Effect or, like, Dragon Age uh, Origins that, like, didn't make it into this and that maybe, like, didn't show up in their later games? Um. Hmm. Uh. I'd say, um, a lot of it was... So, granted, a lot of this comes from, you know, them cutting their teeth on like uh, a game with a clearly defined light side, dark side, but mm -hmm. a lot of like the big moral choices, I think vanished like everybody, like infamously mass effects three, you know, endings, red, green, and blue. But even <laughs> after they, um, they revised things, there just wasn't all that much of a choice, even compared to the original mass effect. Uh, so I think they, um, uh, oh, what am I saying? They, 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 they streamlined their narrative as opposed to having, you know, more like options and consequences. Like there's, there's more people you can date, but there's less stuff you can do. Okay. That's fair. Do you think that this was like a, some sort of a push? Like, I mean, like we've seen from Bethesda to like make the games more accessible to like sell them better. Uh, maybe it could also be uh, a difference in, um uh the the ease of which it is to sort of add and subtract new paths because like uh kotor like kotor 2 technically speaking uh is an unfinished game but even then it's still got you know multiple branching paths jade empire 
has all sorts of stuff you can do. Oh. KOTOR is just amazing. Uh, and, and the early, you know, Dragon Age, um, there, I think there was a lot of different sort of... Sorry, you forgot uh, Bioware's most important game, Sonic Chronicles, The Dark Brotherhood. <laughs> <laughs> no, you Look, have so you a have to leave the best well. for last. <laughs> I found that out, like, I think, like, six months ago. I found out that Bioware made a, a handheld-only, like, Sonic the Hedgehog RPG <laughs> called The Dark Brotherhood, and I, like, lost my you're... mind. <laughs> Look, this must be, uh, you know, must be obeyed. Um, yeah, but sorry, uh, yeah, but, yeah, the... I don't know, I think that's in interesting, like, the idea of, like, the aim of this was to, like, put more stuff in it without making the stuff better or like making sure that the quality of the stuff be was consistent oh yeah i th i think that is a thing with inquisition but i think it is like the last bastion of the narrative still being interesting because while i do have my problems with inquisition the story on paper is super interesting you get to make some interesting decisions in the game and particularly in the dlc where you sort of um deal with the future of the inquisition i thought that was really cool Whereas with Mass Effect Andromeda, that felt like it was just completely dropped. Like the story was so cliche, it was painful. Were Were you hurt? Do you think physically by the facial animations in Andromeda? <laughs> well, I played it pre-patch, so let's just let's just leave it at that. Yeah. I played it dangerously unpatched. Um, it wasn't just the facial animations; it was the fact that I couldn't walk through the ship without falling through it to my death. That was fun. Oh, that's um, always fun. Yeah, yeah, you know, I do I like that. For all my problems with Inquisition, I didn't have that happen. Although I did play it on PS3, and I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. So maybe that's colouring my experience of it. Oh, so what, I want to turn our uh, conversation a little bit. If you guys, uh, if all, if all of you are uh, in the in the room uh, with at Bioware in the writers' room making this design document for Inquisition, uh, you haven't started on it yet. What is it that you're gonna? What is it that you would change or like want to get in there or like maybe tell them to take out or focus more on? Uh, let's get rid of everything except that guy that throws a goat at the castle. We should get story now. Best cutscene of the game. Oh, by far. Yeah, I would immediately take out some of the companion characters. Um, I oh. think who you take out would be extremely controversial. So I'm not even yeah. going to approach that one. <laughs> oh my but, God, uh, I, need I need to know. <laughs> I, okay, honestly, I hated Sarah. She annoyed me. I never talked to yes. her for the whole game. She me. And, oh, man. But, yeah, I think because there's so many side characters. I would, so, like, you romance Blackwall Reed. I forgot he was there. Three quarters of the game. <laughs> I don't blame so you. many companion I characters. I romanced him, and I forget he's there sometimes. <laughs> and you only take, like, the three strongest with you, so I always have, like, Solos. I'm like, all right, I need my mage, and my support i'll take a tank so i'll take a iron bull and then I, I might mix up the third one every now and then but yeah keep the character list small so you can talk to them more and like learn more about them without trying to juggle all these different characters yeah i think i, I would definitely do the same i think i'd stick to the like i suppose pattern of having like two mages two rogues two warriors because upping it to three for each class um like it made them feel a little bit like less of a team because you didn't see many interactions between them um whereas when you keep the team smaller they all feel like connected and there for a reason um 
Yeah, and it would have been nice to see more of the companions that I did like. Like, I really like Dorian. I would have liked to see more of him. Um, yeah. And uh, Cassandra as well. I did and like I Cassandra. Also... I remember her. You did like she Cassandra. Did I did. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, I was very upset I couldn't romance her, so I'll change that as yes. well. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, but also, I think I'd say, like, you can keep the open world if you want, Bioware, but, like, please put some more settlements in it, because my favorite bits in the game were where I would find a settlement that was interesting, rather than just fighting the same swarms of enemies. Yeah. Um, yeah, so de- definitely more settlements, because, like, I mean, finding Redcliffe was super cool as someone who's played um, Origins, so I would have just like yeah and oh, i can't even remember some of the other towns but just finding them they're few and far between but they add a lot of um character to like an otherwise um sort of static uh, open world so that would be my so actually I, I maybe should have mentioned this earlier but one thing i'm curious about did did the did both of you utilize the the turn-based combat system or the live combat uh, i mm. It depended on what setting I was playing on, whether casual or nightmare mode. Yeah, I'd use, like, turn-based in boss battles, but then if I'm just, like, walking through the hinterlands for the millionth time, I'd just use, like, a live bit. Okay. You think that was a good idea, though, like, kind of having both of those options in there? I, th- I don't think I've ever seen another game really do that, so I thought it was interesting that... for sure. Actually, no, it's fairly common. Oh, really? Um, okay. What else has uh, it? It usually isn't quite so simple as... Um, you know, action versus uh, turn-based, but there's stuff like that. It's basically a an in-menu pause, or you know, uh, Fallout 3's that, uh, several, uh, oh, what is it, um, the Gambit system in Final Fantasy 12. Yeah. Um, oh, even the new Final Fantasy 7 remake. Uh, yeah, the Final Fantasy 7 remake oh, yeah. has it explicitly now. Um, which is, I think, a good thing. I don't really use it, but I think it's good that it's there. Yeah. Um... Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's there. It's just, I think, having it, like, um, specifically uh, linked into free control verse turn-based explicitly was, was interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to sort of, like, wrap this up with, uh, since we are the Game Busters, I think this will be a fun way to wrap up. Do you feel like there was the right amount of ghosts in this game, or would you, like, have more or less, do you think? <laughs> God, I'm trying to think of a single ghost in it, which if I, I can't think of one. I would think spirits count as ghosts because they are good they are point. I want these yeah. to be like specifically ghosts, not like wraiths or like specters or whatever. Also, oh, like Cole wouldn't count. Yeah, because he's technically a spirit embodying a human form. He just takes on like that human's characteristics in some ways. Mm-hmm. Well, I think yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any ghosts, really. Yeah. So, do you think it would they would benefit this this game would benefit with some more ghosts? Why not? Just chuck some stuff in there, see what works. We've got enough room in those open worlds, though. Fill it up. Bustin makes me feel good. Bustin makes you feel good. Yeah. Is this another reference to the song none of us knew last time? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh awesome. I'm surprised that you know for for all of the the Ghostbusters joke we make that apparently I'm the only one that knows the theme song. I know the, like, I know, well, I know the, like, the, well, I can't sing it here because we'll get copyright struck, but. (laughs) Uh, No, if we sing it, we're we're good. If we use somebody else's performance. Oh, okay. So I, for example, could in fact sing the entirety of the Ghostbusters theme song, but I won't. Um, (laughs) Thank you. 
<laughs> when there's something strange okay. and you're all alone, pick up the game. It needs more ghosts. Okay. Game, no. uh, <laughs> well, I was gonna do that, and then I got like very scared uh, <laughs> about uh, about Dan Aykroyd and his big estate. Um, so, okay, we're gonna uh, close out this section and, and uh, kind of like uh, go to the next thing. Uh, real, this is sort of a real quick thing I'd like to start doing. No time for games. I uh, just want each of us to share maybe one uh, thing we've been like reading or like even a, an album you've been listening to, a TV show you've been watching that like you're enjoying and you want to just recommend real quickly. Okay. Um, oh, I got a lot of podcasts I can recommend. Yeah, podcasts uh, are great too. Yeah. Um, so I've been listening to uh, a couple of them. Um, 372 pages will never get back, which is a book club podcast by the guys. Well, one of the uh, um, actors and writers, and one of the writers for Rift Tracks. Uh, they started with Ready Player One and have moved on to several other books they do not like. Hmm. <laughs> uh, another is uh, Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men, which is a deep dive through all of X-Men's uh, extremely convoluted continuity. Uh, and uh, also Hello from the Magic Tavern, which is an yes, improv double double recommend. That, yeah. Very good. A fantastical magical land where they don't get a lot done. Uh, also, uh, if, if to entice you, the people who do Hello from the Magic Tavern are also the writers for the Jackbox Party Pack games. And a couple of them do the voices, too. Yep. Um, okay, very cool. Thanks. Uh, Ree, what you got? Okay, um, I've started watching a TV show called What We Do in the Shadows. I'm not sure if anyone else has seen that. I know yes, of I it. Have. It's been recommended to I me. actually need to see the show. I've seen the, the, the movie. I've heard, I've heard some people saying the show is actually better. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, ah, so re you there. You have some. Uh, your oh, okay. Uh, your huh? your little green circles pause are going, but I can't hear you if you're talking, Ree. Uh, yeah, we are, we do have some interesting. Can uh, can anyone else hear her? Or is that I'm, I'm gonna... can't hear. We've been lost. Okay, oh, we lost her. Um, here, uh, try uh, have her try resetting. Uh, yeah, just turning like yeah, just turning off Discord and turning it back on usually will work. Uh, in the interim, uh, something else I've been doing is I, I spent most of last night attempting to uh, assemble a home server, only to be stymied by my old um, heatsink uh, not being or not being suitable because it broke. All right, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can no? hear you. Yeah, sorry, I've got no idea what happened there. My yeah, Wi-Fi's fine. So not sure. Tell me about. Yeah. Tell me. T throw me a throw me a two sentence description of what we do in the shadows. Okay, so it's a mock documentary TV show comedy series about vampires. It's super funny, based on a film from a few years ago. Watch both the film um, and the TV show. TV show's got two seasons out now. Yes, please watch it now. All right, nice. Um, all right, getting started. Yep, doing it now. Uh, yep. All right, thanks for listening. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Bree, what you got? 
Uh, well, I don't have the most free time on my hands. So what I've been really into lately so I can multitask is I love watching speedruns. And so probably for the past two weeks, I've been watching Mario Odyssey speedruns. Oh, okay. Nice. I think that amount of talent is amazing. I wish I could play video games like that, but we'll never achieve that power. Yes. Uh, I watched someone play Mario Odyssey with chopsticks, and they beat the whole game in under two hours. Huh. Oh, my God. Small Ant? Small Ant, yep. Wow. Oh, that's impressive. Okay, I wasn't impressed was before. But... Yeah, I, I, I watch speedruns sometimes, too. They're... It's, it's amazing. I've, I, I've never tried to do like competitive, but actually doing some speed runs and playing uh, uh, Link to the Past randomizer. Have you seen any speed runs of those? No, I know what that. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, those that, those are amazing. That's very cool. Yeah, basically like having to figure it out as you go. Um, one uh one thing I this was maybe a few um uh, I finished about a month ago, but I do want to recommend uh the if anyone likes just reading or books. The Mistborn trilogy by Brandon Sanderson um, is the the first book. The Final Empire uh, of that trilogy is definitively the best book I have ever read in my whole life. Uh, I absolutely recommend it if you like sci-fi or fantasy. It actually is. I think maybe one of the first things to blend those two things without saying like, "Look, this wizard has a gun," you know, <laughs> like. Well- it, are you trying to diss Dresden Files? Because that wizard does have a gun. <laughs> I'm, okay, like, uh, I'm just saying, though, like, and I, I listen to the audiobook. Uh, I, I don't think I've read a physical book in, like, five years. But um, the uh, I, I highly recommend it. It is so brilliantly written, so well-paced, and it's actually uh, a heist story. It's, like, a heist story that happens to take place in this, like, weird, like, ha- sort of sci-fi, sort of fantasy world. Absolutely recommend. Uh, Brandon Sanderson was is considered in the fantasy world like one of the like the big guys of the modern age of fantasy along with uh, George R. R. Martin and Robert Jordan. So uh, definitely check it out. Okay, um, we're going to move on to uh, Time for Games, which is a uh, thing we're doing. We're just going to... I'm, ha- I'm going to have to somehow come up with a new game show every week. It's going to be very good, and I'm not going to run out of ideas. Um, okay, this week I did... Uh, I've come up with something here. Uh, I'm going to call it Pick'em or Kick'em. Uh, basically, I'm I'm going to introduce myself to you. You guys, the three of you are a, a party in a JRPG, okay? Uh, can be whatever you want. Um, I'm Timone of the Cowl. Okay. You don't have to give yourself names. You can, though. Actually, no. Now you, okay, yeah. so that well, was no, well, everybody's dead. Yeah. Um, but the idea here is I'm just going to be uh, a newcomer, a possible newcomer to your party, and uh, you've just got to decide, uh, what, are we going to pick this character, have him join the party, or kick him out? We don't want him anymore. <laughs> um, so uh, kind of like for- formulate your party and-, and figure out kind of who you are real quickly. Um, and maybe like maybe you're just like, I'm the barbarian or whatever, or like I'm the, this, the mage or whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm Simon Cowell. You're Simon Cowell. Okay. Yeah. Was he in an That's RPG? No, he's, uh, he's an American talent. And Britain's got talent. Well, I, I know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm just him. Oh, you're just Simon Cowell. Okay. Yeah. That's my character. I like the idea that you're Simon Cowell, and then and Brie and, and Rhi, you can both be just generic JRPG characters. Um, I mean, I'm just a <laughs> character, so. Uh, okay. Here we um, go. All right. All right. Here we go. Uh, hello. My name is uh, Rathamore. I'm uh, a librarian. I've got a lot of. Uh, information I can share with you. I'm not particularly good at fighting. I can stand in the background and look 
um, and maybe shout some instructions about elemental powers. But uh, now, if you need some sort of historical information, I can give that. Uh, I am very afraid of, of combat, though, so I am going to be running most of the time. How heavy are the pieces, Carrie? What? Sorry. But how heavy are those books can, that you carry, and can you throw Oh, them? now I'm going to need a stronger person to carry them around for me. Oh. Mm. It's a no from me. You're an NPC. Yeah, I, <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, if, that's like, correct, maybe yeah. I've maybe I've got something against Brit other British accents, but, like, if that was a British accent. It's sort but, of a fantasy, but... nasal sort of an accent. I get, like, massive traitor vibes, you know? Like, I feel like you're the person that's going to betray us at the end of, like, the... Is it the know. hook hand? Is that the part you didn't like? Yeah, oh, no. it's just there's something about it where, like, you'll betray the party, be working with the bad guys, and I just, I, I will not be surprised. It's the so. mustache, okay. isn't it? And the book that you're reading <laughs> called How to Betray a Party. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we're gonna, I guess we're going to have to kick this guy. Sorry, bud. Um... Mm -hmm. Hey, the name's Jack. I can punch things. See, yes, for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's never, like, it's never the buff ones that betray you. <laughs> I don't even know the meaning of the word. Ugh! Yeah, wow. That, yeah, you're right, though. Actually, that's fair. I don't think there's... There's never been Jack? a betrayal by the big guy. Nope. Exactly. Uh, I am gonna say, Jack, you are the best wizard this party's ever had. <laughs> <laughs> he cast fist. Uh, hello, my name is Amrithy. Uh, I can do fire magic sometimes. Uh, I'm, I'm just like so afraid of and shy. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'll be in the back. Well, that's where spellcaster should be. Uh, stay behind <laughs> Jack and cast fire at people. Okay, I know I know many spells, but I'm I'm too shy to say the incantations. Well, then spec yeah. into a oh, no. uh, silent spell and we'll deal with it. See <laughs> yeah, nonverbal spells. Yeah. Are we taking this one? I don't know. I'm suspicious. We can just put him on Jack's shoulders and he can turn him around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're, we're exactly. doing Blaster Master this stuff. Okay, very good. Um, all right, uh, to, to close this out, uh, we're going to come to the wishing well. Everybody gather around and please pull out the uh, commemorative coin that you've all received in the mail. Okay. Uh Got Everyone, it. hold that in your hands. Uh, so there's been a lot of, of uh, video game to movie slash TV adaptations coming out of the woodworks in the last few months. Um, uh, Fallout and Dragon's Dogma, The Last of Us, uh, a bunch of stuff. So uh, I'm, I'm interested if you could uh, – we're going to say, like, this is a situation in which a, like, a, a Netflix or an Amazon or an HBO – something high budget is going to grab this property and make it into a, a TV show. Which what, what gaming property do you want that to happen for? Oh, God. Um... I'm going to take this chance and, uh, you know, uh, use it to try and breathe new life into a, a beloved uh, series that is now uh, completely and unfortunately dead. So I'm wishing that Breath of Fire gets an adaptation because there's a lot of good stories there, and anything's better than the mo than the Breath of Fire six we got for mobile. All right, uh, Bree, what about you? Oh, um, yeah, that's difficult. I 
I hope, I pray, they don't mess it up like they did to the movie. But Assassin's Creed Origins, well, technically yeah. they didn't do Origins, they did the original trilogy, but... They didn't I even do that, that really. <laughs> yeah, like uh, oh yeah, like so the thing the thing that angers me more about the Assassin's Creed movie is that it easily could have been good. They just like very consciously decided to make it bad. It could have been good, <laughs> but they did. I mean, it is it's certainly it's the weirdest in the X Men series of films by far. Uh, uh, I, I was not expecting that as Magneto's origin story because <laughs> uh, Bassbender was still basically just playing Magneto. <laughs> yeah, that's in that true. One. That's true. Uh, Rhea, what about you? Okay, again, breathing life into a semi-dead franchise. Um, uh, I'm going to go with Knights of the Old Republic. Um, so I know oh, Star nice. Wars yeah, yeah. media always exists. I know it already exists. There's plenty of Star Wars that's... out there, I yeah. promise. I, I okay. considered KOTOR myself. But, like, KOTOR's just different. You know, that's just such an interesting period in the Star Wars lore. Um, the games are brilliant, they've got brilliant characters, Darth Revan obviously being one of the most iconic. Um, yeah, Sorry, there's, a lot, of un- no. <laughs> there's just a lot of a lot of unused potential there, which I think Disney have probably forgot about or want to forget about and want people to stop asking for KOTOR 3 already. So yeah, I'm going to go with that. Okay, nice. Speaking of, have you heard that the, the, the new trilogy might be getting uh, upended and replaced soon? Okay, that's a that's a rumor, and yeah. I I I don't think it's gonna get replaced. I, I just think they're gonna continue on without acknowledging it. Really, is what's gonna. <laughs> what, Which are kind of the same as getting replaced. Well, like yeah. meaning like they would make a story about something else somewhere else, right? Like yeah. just like not acknowledging any of this. Um, but uh, they've they've spent too much marketing money on these characters to throw them away. I think um, you'd say that, but then Rogue One. Mm. Where they killed off all of these yeah, very, which very was cool, good characters. Maybe the most like uncharacteristically Disney movie Disney ever made. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think my my entry, which is surprising to literally no one who knows me at all, would definitely be uh, Dishonored. Uh, I would love to adapt the the first uh, the first game um, because that that the story of the first game, like I love the second game and, and Death of the Outsider, like a lot too but like the story in the first game is so it's so cool because it it, like hits all these like very like tired tropes in like a way that like place but placing them in an in a new like kind of world in like a half magic half steampunk sort of world like totally makes it feel fresh and it's like okay this this story is like tried and true for a reason because like it's it's interesting but uh, it, it's I don't know I would love to see like a high budget version with like with all the magic and all that shit worked in. Um, it, it'd be it's great. possibly the first time I've ever heard somebody say adding steampunk to something made it fresh. Uh, yeah. but I kind of understand what you mean. But yeah, oh, no, okay, uh, so, so I'm, I'm greenlighting this. We're gonna have Michael Fassbender. Yeah, the same character still from now. Honestly, uh, okay. Well, like, okay. Just to qualify, like. Dishonored is like steampunk elements like it's it's a strange thing because it's basically like a, it's like a combination of like traditional fantasy and then like all this crazy like magic but then also there's like a bunch of steampunk but it's also um the the arcane themselves has coined the the term whale punk because nothing runs on steam in that world everything runs on whale oil every single thing everything is yeah. built out of whale bones and blubber it's all it's it's very interesting. Anyway, I mean, it's weird. Steampunk is basically just uh, like 
high high adventure Victorian setting. Uh, when you really boil it down, the steam is ancillary. Steam it's the Victorian and the the high adventure with fantastical elements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, cool. Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you everyone for joining us this week. Uh, this has been Game Busters. Come please check us out at GameLuster.com. We got lots of cool things to read. We do news. We do reviews. We do uh, features and articles. I have a fun sort of top ten every week, and they sort of have become progressively more like apparent that I'm losing my mind every week. So it'd be cool to tune in for that sort of digression. Um, if uh, thank you for Brief, our special guest, for coming on this week. Uh, do you have any? I think you want to plug. I don't think you do because you're in grad school, but <laughs> what, what is life? Yeah, that's a good plug. Um, I have one. Yeah. All right. So, um, re, uh, because you, uh, won the, uh, the hall of uh, fame luster, uh, contest at the beginning, you get to the final word to take us out on. So please, uh, take it away. Well, you know, I couldn't have done it without you, master. Thank you for being, you don't a, have to call me master. Um... That's for Kink Luster. <laughs> well, we've plugged Kink Luster twice now, so I feel like I can't really not set it up. Um, but yeah, uh, everyone should play Dragon Age, please. Um, and I'm also sorry for anyone who listens to this and gets into Dragon Age, because as we said at the beginning, Inquisition came out in 2014, and I think Bioware have forgotten about it. So yeah, my final words are massive apologies to anyone who heard us talk about dragon age today and thought hey that's kind of cool you can now suffer with us so yeah that's all i've got to say welcome to the suffering thank you guys It's a no from me. You're an NPC.